Hello and welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Your home for Irish folklore, mythology and all things storytelling. Yes, hello, it's myself, Mark, again this episode. You must be getting sick of me, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm joined again by the amazing Molly. Molly. Also getting sick of me, I would say. <laughs> well, you've done two podcasts, two podcasts. now, uh, but not telling a story yet. Nope, not we yet. said it last time, we got to get in on this soon. Not yet. Uh, but, uh, oh, well, they, I mean, they can settle for party this, this episode. Yeah, he'll do. He'll do, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a time-sensitive story that we're putting out now, because yes. party. Potty's delivering this week with the birth of Lou, mm-hmm. which is so relevant. Of course, we've got Lunasa coming up very shortly, exactly. which is our Harvest Festival. It's a great time for games and sports. Um, he kind of basically set it all up like to kind of celebrate his mum, which mm-hmm. I think is a ni- probably not how it was described originally, mm-hmm. but that's really what it's about. It's a, it's a festival that's kind of dedicated to the idea of games and sports and matchmaking and all having sorts of things. Having a good time. I think all of our festivals are very good I have been having a good time in some way, uh, yeah. Which is in stark <laughs> contrast to doing a podcast with you. But... Ooh, uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> nah, you're awesome. Um, but yeah, you had to listen to Potty's Birth of Lou. I did, I did. I've also heard him do it in a tour, which was... Pretty magical. It is magical. magical. Just being there in his presence. It's his smell. It's more the smell. Than it's the accent. Yeah. If you get close enough, maybe you'll get a little, get a little mm-hmm. spittle. Hey. <laughs> that is genuinely disturbing. It makes me want to uh, go straight into the story yeah, while I go just, get yeah, the forms exactly. um, <laughs> for you to fill in. But guys, listen, with no further ado, because this is, this is such an epic and amazing story, we're going to let you just enjoy that. And of course, we will be back on the other side with a few choice in, words choice in, in insightful insightful, uh, insightful <laughs> words so guys please sit back get yourself a nice cup of tea and enjoy the story father, Lou of the Long Arm, was one of the Tuha de Donan, the tribe of Danu, the ancient gods of Ireland. The story of Lou, though, really begins with his grandfather, Balor. Balor was one of the Fomorians, which is a fancy Irish way of saying he was one of the giants. When Valor was a very young giant, his mother told him, Whatever you do, do not spy on the druids while they are concocting their death spells. Like many Irish men after him, the minute his mother told him he was not allowed to do something, then he had to do it. He spied on the druids through a crack in the door. The spell reached a climax. It went whoosh up out of the cauldron and straight in to Balor's eye. Forever afterwards, Balor had only to look at someone with his evil eye and they would drop down dead. He used this ability to gain control of Ireland and he ruled the country with an iron fist. Birog, who was the queen of the witches, made a prophecy. 
She said that one day Balor would die at the hands of his own grandson. Balor thought to himself, Well, that's easily fixed. I just have to make sure I have no grandson. The problem for Balor was he already had a beautiful daughter named Ethna. So he took Ethna and he locked her at the top of a crystal tower on Tory Island. At the base of the tower he placed 50 warrior women for her protection. A few years later and back on the mainland there's a young prince of the Tuathed de Donan by the name of Cian. Cian has one prized possession, one thing that he values above all else in the world, and that is his Gloshgowan, his magic green cow. That's right, I said a magic green cow. She gave as much milk as 40 other cows combined, and she glowed a bright green fluorescent. Everyone in the country wanted her for themselves, and so Cian had to take her with him everywhere. One day they are walking through the woods together, when Cian noticed that the edge of his sword had grown quite dull. That's not a euphemism, his sword really had lost its edge. So he went to his brother Gobnu, the blacksmith, to have it sharpened. It's very important in the ancient world to have a sharp sword. But the minute the cow smelt the smoke from the forge fires, the cow thought to itself, Oh, steaks and hamburgers, I ain't going anywhere near that place. And no matter how Cian pulled at the Gloshgown, she wouldn't come inside with him. So he was obliged to tie her up outside and go in to have his sword sharpened. You can probably guess what's going to happen next. Balor arrived covered in a big black cloud and he made off with the Gloshgown, dragging her down through secret ways at the bottom of the sea. When Cian got back and noticed that his prized possession had been stolen, he was heartbroken. He sat down by a bubbling stream and he began to cry. Birog heard his crying on the winds. She came to him straight away. She sat down beside him and said, Balor has stolen something from you that you prize above all else. Why don't you steal something from him that he prizes above all else? I know exactly where it is. I'll take you straight to it. She wrapped him up in her magic red cloak and together they flew off to Tory Island. When they arrived, they were greeted at once by the 50 warrior women. Some storytellers would tell you that to get past the 50 warrior women, well, Cian had to dress in drag. But I've heard another version that I quite like, where the 50 warrior women realise that they have had a hard time at their job. It has been a very long time since they'd had any company, a very long time since they'd last seen a man. And Cian, being a prince of the two Hedé Donan, was exceptionally 
handsome. So instead of barring his way, they threw him a great big party. And for every three drinks the warrior women had, Kean had only one. The party was mighty, so mighty in fact that a fight broke out in the middle of the hall over who would get to dance with Kean next. Kean used the opportunity to sneak off. He ran to the top of the crystal tower, he burst in through the bedchamber doors, and he locked eyes with Ethna for the very first time. In the way of young people all over the world since the beginning of history, Cian and Ethna saw each other for the first time and instantly fell madly in love. I won't go into all of the saucy details of what happened next, but suffice it to say, nine months later, and Ethna is about to become a mother. When Balor learns that he is about to have grandchildren, he flies into a rage and makes his way to Tory Island. When he arrives, he is flabbergasted to see that Ethna hasn't just given birth to one child, but triplets. With his deathly eye still shielded, he doesn't waste any time. He picks up the two girls first, and he throws them out the window of the tower. The babies are falling down, down, down the tower. They hit the waves, where Manon Machlir, God King of the Sea, welcomes them into his home and transforms them into the very first dolphins. Balor then picked up the boy, realised that the boy meant his own death. Above all else, Balor was terrified of dying. So he didn't waste any time there either. He threw the baby boy out the window. But Birog had been watching the whole altercation. She had arranged with Manon Machlir to save the girls. She snatched the boy out of the air and flew him back to the mainland. She then presented him before a great council of the gods. Chalchu was the goddess of agriculture. She was an ancient god, one of the Fir Bolog, the very first farmers in Ireland. She was famous throughout the country because there was a prophecy about her. It was said that one day Chal Chu would die, having worked herself to death. She would work so hard, clearing the lands of Ireland for farming with her flames, that she would die of exhaustion. So Birog gave young Lu to Chal Chu, and Chal Chu stood up before the rest of the gods and said, In the short time left to me, I have nothing left to lose, so I will raise the child as my own. I will raise him to be the most powerful warrior that Ireland has ever seen, and above all else, I will raise him to hate his own grandfather. Lulawfather did indeed grow up hating his own grandfather and to be the most powerful warrior in Ireland. He swiftly rose through the ranks of the Tuatha de Donan, becoming their war leader. The armies of the giants 
and the armies of the Tuatha met on the plains of Moitura Kong in County Mayo. Both sides were equally matched, the fairies with their superior magic and technology, the giants with their superior size and physicality. So it was decided that Balor himself would have to join the battlefield to win the day. He was reaching an exceeding age, and it took twenty ordinary men using a system of ropes and pulleys to wheel him out onto the battlefield and to open his evil eye. Balor gazed out o'er the battlefield, and warriors died left, right, and centre. But Lulaw Father was swifter than the light. He dashed all over the battlefield, and Balor couldn't catch a glimpse at him. Then all of a sudden, Lu threw his spear at the sun, the spear whose name was Fragorok, which means the answerer. Balor followed the spear up towards the sun, was momentarily blinded. The spear flew around the sun, came back down to Ireland, and straight in to Balor's evil eye. The eye burst open on the plains of County Mayo, and the giant fell down dead shortly after. The very earth itself rang with his falling. But it rang too with the cheers and rejoicing of the fairies when they realised that finally their evil king was dead. The two Hedaytanen were so happy that they declared that Lu Law Father would become the god of making things, for he had made a peace for the two Hedaytanen. They gave him a scarf made out of a rainbow and wealth for all ages to come. That was a story. Sure was. I love it. Do you know what? I listen to Paddy literally like read instructions from a from, from a an D- IKEA catalog. A, an IKEA huh? catalog. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say a DVD instruction manual, but they're not the even IKEA a thing instructions anymore. don't even have words. But I'd still listen I'd to Paddy read them. I'd still listen to it. <laughs> um, that is a fairly big story though, with lots of characters and lots of people. Exactly. In it. And I know, you know. You're 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 a newest into the museum, mm. so someone like Potty's been in this for a long time. Mm. It's where he was mates with the characters <laughs> in the stories, mm-hmm. and I get lost sometimes with Potty. Just he, I get I get lost in his words. Funny. Lost in his words. Get lost in his words. Lost in his eyes. <laughs> lost in his spittle. But um, drowning in it. I don't think it's it's type of story where you don't need to know all the characters and understand the backstories to mm. really like to enjoy the story. Oh, absolutely not! Like you can really get into the kind of the themes of it without having an understanding of the rest. I think like it is a little daunting because there is so many characters and there's so much going on like around that like core kind of plot. Yeah. Um, but that's the same, it's uh, it's kind of the same um, in a lot of like different mythologies as well as like the same sort of themes c- come up. The Greek, the Romans, the, the Norse, yeah, yeah. it's all the same. It's, and it's all just, the same. Fathers and grandfathers. Oh, it's an unwillingness to it. hand over power or to yeah, relinquish power yeah, yeah, yeah. is the thing. And it's, 
it's a massive it's actually a, it's a massive issue even to like kind of like political parties in, in modern not just Ireland but I'd say modern <laughs> Ireland mm-hmm. but it is it is a story I think anyone can enjoy but it's nice to have those big epic epic kind of things I love as well the way Potty does it with like the epic story the epic moments but also just like the pure humour he drops like, in just some of those random things exactly that but he's a way of taking you out of a story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're in it you're like bought into it like this is mm-hmm. like kind of like a perilous moment yeah. and he just says and then he's like like every man before him and since you know yeah. does absolutely the opposite of what his mother told him to do you know it's just like and it's so true yeah mm-hmm. but and yeah like because you can do that as a, like, and you know we're storytellers you can do that and then struggle to get back into the story you mm-hmm. really have to mm-hmm. have worked at it at it but it can go wrong absolutely but, the amount of times I've tried stuff like that, I've not been able to get it back on board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or a pet peeve of me with, with with some storytelling is too many modern references. Yeah. Or just like not kind of being able to balance like that humor and the the seriousness or what, whatever it might be, if it's like seriousness or tragedy or whatever, like you yeah. need to have a balance of them for sure. And then like, it can be just hard to strike that yeah. um, at times, but Potty just does it so excellently. Yeah. It's almost like he's a professional. It's almost like Crazy. it's what he's getting paid to do. Um, <laughs> but Lunacy is, I mean, Lunacy is an amazing festival. It's like, of our fe- of our festivals, mm-hmm. sound gets all the attention. I mean, I like sound. It's my favourite. Like, Halloween like, is, is <laughs> like, the thing. But all of our festivals are fairly epic. Like, oh, yeah, there. absolutely. As, as we said, like, kind of before the story, like, if you want an opportunity to, like, have a good time and play and party... Mm-hmm. Just look at our calendar. Yeah, there's it's literally four moments in the year. You can Take have fun. Your pick. You can have fun on, and there's the moments in between those as well. Uh-huh. You can have fun on a Tuesday in Ireland <laughs> if you've got the right the right reasons exactly. for it. Uh, but Lewis obviously is going to be a big one, a big one for us here in the mm-hmm. museum. And we've always liked to kind of be seasonal or relevant with the stories. Absolutely. Um, so it's nice when Potty like just steps and goes, I know what story I'm going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, that's not my impression of yeah. Potty. But, um, Very close. It wasn't at all. Stop <laughs> humoring me like that. But let's 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 pin you down to a story then. Oh, Boy, no. Got you record, like, I, I, you not... will not get me on record. I could not comment. Okay, no comment. That's <laughs> not fine, without but... my lawyer present. Uh, I am also <laughs> double up as your lawyer. Um, if you're being represented by the museum, it will be me. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> okay, so I'll try and avoid you, that. <laughs> yeah, you will end up doing some serious time. Um, That's not what I'm doing here. No, I this can is, leave. You can leave. In fact, I'd rather you do. Um, but uh, speaking of you leaving, you are. We no. Don't have to no, come on, Molly. Let's address this on a podcast. Let's, well. Well, I you're gonna be heading never off. say never. You're going to be heading off. No, I mean, you know, the door's open for a good storyteller here. So if you ever meet one, uh, <laughs> you can tell them, you're going to be like heading off down to Cork. You're going to be thinking of maybe telling some stories when you're down in Cork. I mean, if do, anyone will listen. Do, do colleges <laughs> still have like radio? <laughs> do you remember that whole idea of like there was an Remember radio? <laughs> We're doing this. We're literally having this conversation on a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but and anyone anyone can have a podcast and I say that as a middle aged white man mm-hmm. uh, which is 99% of the podcasts mm-hmm. in the world are carried mm-hmm. out by people anyone can have a podcast not everyone should not everyone should <laughs> um, thanks thanks mm-hmm. I feel great about that yeah <laughs> um, we are going to have to address kind of like more stories in and around this but are you open to celebrating 
lunacy. In the museum. I don't know what that means. I know you don't. That's what I'm saying. If <laughs> so you I cannot, again, once again, can't comment without my lawyer present. <laughs> well, listen, guys, to the people who are listening to this, I will promise you this. If you keep an eye on all of our social media channel channels, you will get the opportunity to learn a lot more about mm-hmm. them and certain ways in which you can get involved in the festivities in any kind of small way. We'll talk to you about some of the traditions and some of the ways to kind of get involved. Um that story, like we said, we could talk about that story like nonstop for oh, yeah. three days, and the characters, Balor being one of my favorite characters to hate. Horrible, awful. Horrible. Just what a rotten individual. Mm. But I can imagine there is a way of telling that story from his point of view where he is not the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, because nobody's the bad guy of their own story. But I like. Am. I'm the bad guy <laughs> of my own story on occasion, but is that any surprise? <laughs> no, yeah, because. Villains are more fun. Exactly. Well, Molly, we're going to get back to doing some storytelling now. So Mm -hmm. I think the need to do is to say thank you, Molly. Thank you, Mark. In your absence. uh, Thank you, Paddy. Mm -hmm. I actually looked up to the sky when I said that. Uh, Not because he's dead. Because he's tall. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly because I am looking up. I saw a picture taken Mm -hmm. recently by a visitor. Uh, It was on our Facebook page. They posted a review and a picture. And I'm up to Paddy's shoulder. Yeah. And I got struck down with that realisation. So Because mm-hmm. this is an audio medium. Paddy's very tall. You're also not very tall. That's kind of where that is. Uh, That's a really polite way of doing it. I appreciate how diplomatic comes. you were yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, guys, like I said, go check out our other um, platforms or social media. Of course, the best way to see us is to come in and do a yeah. tour. And for a limited come time, come do one of Molly's exactly. tours. Um, so... Uh, and also, if you want to replace Molly, you can, of course, apply to work <laughs> in the museum. And I do respond the well. The email is on the website. <laughs> bribery and biscuits. Guys, thank you again so much. And we will, well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us next time. Exactly. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Remember, the best way to support us is by liking, subscribing, and sharing with a friend.